You've made it to Not Billable, the Law Trades podcast that brings you bite-sized legal and business news updates, full event replays, and conversations with legal pros about what's going on behind the scenes every week. Stop the clock, put the timesheet down, it's time to get started. Hey everybody, I'm Warren Pellick from Law Trades, coming back at you with another weekly news update. As always, I'm joined by Matt Margolis. Matt, tell the good people how you're doing. <laughs> Living the dream, Warren. Living the dream. All right. So this week, what are we looking at? We're talking a bit about Biden's debt relief plan and the pushback that's been getting. We're going to take a look at the mounting Twitter showdown, which is becoming a real who's who of big tech. And also Apple is starting to stare down the barrel of an antitrust lawsuit. So we'll see what that looks like. Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about Tesla sending its own cease and desist letters. And look at equality in law school faculty. Uh, so let's start with that Biden debt relief thing. So as you'll know, last week, Biden announced that he's going to make good on his campaign promise, cancel some $10,000 per person uh, of student debt, up to $20,000 if you got Pell Grants. And like clockwork, the GOP and other conservative talking heads came out and said, this is terrible, and you're leeching off the government, and yada, yada, yada. Of course, every one of those people had their own loans forgiven by the U.S. government. So... <laughs> It's, it makes me, yeah, I know, it makes me laugh too. I, I, I want to preface this story first and say, I did have a viral tweet where I bullied the White House and then magically, magically, $10,000 and $20,000 forgiven and an extension of the freeze for four months. I don't want to take credit. I don't need to take credit. But if you want to give me it. I will happily say that you're welcome, everybody. The Law Trades Twitter page <laughs> is the reason why Biden did what he did. You can thank Matt personally. So thank you, Matt. That's, I'll take it. I'll take it. And in any event, I mean, listen, I've got graduate debt. I've got a, a, a pretty penny worth of debt. So this is comforting to see this. And granted, I don't get the 10,000. I'm not going to get the 20,000. And forgiveness, I do get the extension of the freeze. But this needs to happen. Uh, I will be the first one to say that I think the student loan, I guess, industry, if you will, is just it's predatory. It's completely it's predatory. The interest rates, too. I mean, right. yeah, I mean, you're taking these loans out. At five, six, seven percent, these uh, I think it's like student loan, direct plus loan is one of the uh, the types of loans. You're never going to pay it, or you're going to pay it back potentially. But for a lot of these people, you're not going to pay it back. It's it's almost impossible. And I've heard stories of folks that are like, I had fifty thousand dollars in 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 loans, and now I've got a hundred thousand dollars loans, and I've tried to pay. You know, I could have paid principal back. I could have paid the fifty. Yeah. But because of the interest compounding, yeah. I could never get there. So it, it, it's crazy. It's absolutely wild. But And CBS News is saying that there's some 40 million Americans that are estimated to have a combined total of almost $2 trillion worth of student loan debt. Unbelievable. Uh, so it's about a tenth of our of our national GDP is just student loan debt. And think about it. I mean, it's it's for a lot of people, it could be as small as, I don't know, it could be as small as maybe a few hundred dollars or a hundred dollars. But for there's plenty of folks where that amount of money is a car payment, it's the amount of a mortgage, it's the amount of rent payment. It is an, an astounding amount of money that is freezing these folks from doing anything else, from from getting mm-hmm. from home ownership, from from getting a car, from doing things. They're they're really stuck in this 100%. period of their life. Now, to speak to what you just said about the elected officials who were up in arms and in the White House, I got to say that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Where the White House, they're Social media, head of social media, head of social or vice. I think it might have been their deputy. So she previously worked at New Jersey. She worked for New Jersey and did that. And she would like ratio people on Twitter. She was like putting up her dukes and just knocking people out. So she's now in the White House. And I remember saying, and it's like 
tweet of right. this is outrageous. Hey, you got $200,000 in PPP loans forgiven. This, you got this forgiven. This, oh, just like a one-two punch on all these folks. She was calling them all out. And to speak to what you're saying here, Marjorie Taylor Greene went on Newsmax, said for our government to just say, okay, well, your debt is completely forgiven. It's completely unfair. That's a quote from her. And as you're saying... The White House's official Twitter went on and say, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene had $183,504 in PPP loans. And I want to clarify this, right? I'm not saying, because there, I think there's there's folks coming out and saying, look, I took those PPP out, loans out because they, they kept my business running. I understand that. There are plenty of folks, though, that have taken out the PPP loans. And I'm not saying it's fraud. I'm never alleging it's fraud. But they definitely did well as a result of those PPP loans. So... But even if so, I mean, you took out a student loan because the world says you need to go to, to college. Sure. And why should we, as you're saying, as plenty of us know, people like this, be saddled the rest of our lives with several hundred to several thousand dollars a month of, of payment on that? This is and this is probably something we could talk about on another episode in the future. But this is such a huge systemic issue, too. 18 year olds mm-hmm. taking out massive amounts of loans, the equivalent of a mortgage, right? Potentially no financial literacy training or classes to get to that point. You're right. In this economy, in this world, a college degree, basic bachelor's is the equivalent. It's starting now. point. It yeah. is. It's like a high school yeah. diploma now. It's like high school yeah. B2. So if you don't get that, you're really starting at such a fundamental disadvantage. And then, right. I mean, we also go into like the cost of education is too high. So you're taking out more loans. Everyone, it's a, it's a, it's a very bad, broken system. And we haven't even touched upon the fact that white borrowers have some 28,000 in student loans on average, and black Americans have some 58,000 or something that's 53,000. The disparity. Massive. Huge issue. I'm glad the White House has kept true, at least to some level, its campaign promises. We'll see more going forward. I, I imagine such. I mean, this was obviously a bit strategic, right? The midterms are coming up. Right. But there's going to be another election in 2024. So, <laughs> so it'll be another 10,000 or 20,000. Can't wait to see the White House Twitter account go crazy. <laughs> there's a lot more to this story. If you take a look at the newsletter, there's a whole thing about Kurt Schilling, which I just thought was hysterical. Oh. We'll have to save that for another time. And move Fantastic. On. Yeah, move on. So the next major story we'll take a look at is the, the brewing Elon Musk. Ring that bell. That brewing Elon <laughs> Musk <laughs> Twitter uh, uh, showdown. So some 100 plus subpoenas went out last week to a who's who of people in big tech. You had big name banks, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. You had big name investors, uh, Mark Andreessen, uh, Sequoia (laughs) Capital. You had Jack Dorsey, Larry Ellison. You had just a smattering of Salesforce. (laughs) Unbelievable. And it's all going to come to a head at this this insane trial, which will, will happen I think in October, I think it is. There has to be a bunch of like because of the amount of law firms that are involved in this this matter, there has to be like phone calls between folks and big law, and they're like, "Hey, are you gonna be there?" Someone else is like, "Yeah, are you gonna be there?" It's, yeah, it's the Coachella. Today. It's the Coachella, Coachella of law. <laughs> wow, you're not gonna be there for the trial. Ooh. <laughs> who's Ooh. who's your party? Who you got? Yeah. You guys got an Airbnb? Are you helicoptering in? How? <laughs> Speaking of all these law firms. It is going to be a feast. They published, there's already five law firms that, that Twitter has uh, put on uh, mm-hmm. on retainer and some four that Musk has put on retainer. Uh, it, it's it's every name in the game. 
It's literally the best law firms. You have Watchels involved. You have Ballard Spar. You've got Quinn on the other side, Scan Arps. I mean, this is like if if Big Law had trading cards, like all of these are holographic. <laughs> all of them. Oh, man. The bill that's going to be, you know, tallied up here. I, I don't even want to think about I cannot wait to see how much. I mean, these attorneys are billing anywhere, I would guess. I'm speculating here, right? But anywhere between probably 1100 bucks. All the way up to probably two to two ten to twenty. Like we're talking disgusting legal fees, disgusting. And I personally am all for watching <laughs> this. Just <laughs> the invoices just come on in. You want to talk about inflation? This is inflation right here. <laughs> You're not forgiving those fees. <laughs> no, no. The White House will not. The White House will not. <laughs> well, another theoretically massive lawsuit that might come down the pike is the DOJ is looking to file. I'm not sure if they're going to do it yet or not, but is looking to file an antitrust suit against Apple by the end of the year. Such reports. It was inevitable. Yeah. It was legitimately inevitable. Yeah. Either Apple, Google, Meta. I mean, there was, it was inevitability. Granted, granted, granted. I believe now, correct me if I'm wrong. This may have to do with their treatment of like smaller developers I know they, there's a lot of talk about their Apple, their app store kind of controlling that market. We're not exactly sure. So it looks like this kind of started back in 2019, 2020, when you'll remember Fortnite pulled out of the app store, when Tile mm-hmm. had some kind of business, unfair competitive business suit against Apple's AirTags. It looks like the DOJ is talking to companies who have partnered with Tile. And let me just read what Politico says here. Uh, They have hinted at both Apple's App Store and their mobile phone operating systems at large as being under scrutiny. So this is getting into just a bigger and bigger potential soon. Their OS system too? So we don't know yet. If they'll file, though, I assume they will file a lawsuit and what it's exactly about. But regardless, uh, Bloomberg just came out with something saying that their services business, which is their second largest revenue generator and Mm -hmm. seems to be the focus of this lawsuit, is worth some $70 billion and is quickly becoming its own behemoth outside of the iPhone. It's for the market cap of three trillion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. These are massive yeah. numbers. This is absolutely, you get it. I get it. I get it. It'll be interesting to see. I do remember the app store disputes. I, I've, I've heard that in the past, or at least news stories in the past where smaller developers say that they've They've had issues with Apple's App Store. I mean, really, you've got two markets. You've got the App Store and, and then the Android. You've got store. nothing else. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so what else are you going to do? That's all you've no. got. But now, uh, Twitter v. Musk is endless pools of money on both sides. The DOJ theoretically has endless pools of money, but it doesn't seem to me like, how is that showdown going to be? Public v. private? Like, Yeah, it'll be it'll be DOJ has their own counsel, right? Like, uh-huh. in, like internal, like Department of Justice attorneys. And then Apple is going to hire... Every single attorney that's ever walked the earth ever. No, they'll hire. I mean, they'll they'll probably hire like one very large firm to run the show, and they may have another firm or two that's doing ancillary work to the to uh, whatever the case is. They'll probably hire, if I had to guess, they'll probably hire a firm that has somebody there that probably used to work for the Department of Justice and their antitrust mm-hmm. division who knows the game that will uh, will be there to lead the charge. But if I'm DOJ, do I have, I mean, again, I am the U.S. government. Theoretically, I've done this pools of money. Theoretically, I have massive so manpower. Apple. So yeah. does Apple. Am I 
outgunned here a little bit. Like I just as a public, as a DOJ attorney, can't really do what Apple can do. Yes. I I guess I'll say yes, short answer. I do think, and we've seen this in the past with Google. Was it Google potentially? There was another big tech company. Might have been one. They're all in all meta. There was one of the two. Same thing where you've got so much money at your disposal that you really can make someone's life miserable. And as a as a public attorney, right, as an attorney for the government, you're right. You do have a lot of resources, but I mean, Apple has the budget of like three or four states. So (laughs) exactly, exactly. Yeah, and the DOJ has so many other things to exactly. focus on, and Apple basically they just, this is, they like, this is it. You're, this one law firm will handle this, and that's all they're going to be doing. Right. Exactly right. So if you're a lawyer in Silicon Valley right now, between this lawsuit and the, <laughs> the Twitter lawsuit, it's a feast. 2022 is I a have feast. no experience in any of this stuff, but if anyone wants to hire me right now, <laughs> I love Same. money. I don't even have a law or degree. <laughs> or does he own a degree? We're both down. We'll commentate. We're both, yeah, I'll yeah we'll comment. We'll comment. That's what it'll be. We'll get contact support. <laughs> uh, folks, why are, why are these two guys in the courtroom? Your Honor, please. And Watchel is coming up to the plate. <laughs> and they're filing that. their motion to, to suppress. All right, keep going. Hey. That was the I'm worst joke. I'm no, sorry. No, I, I listened to that. Thanks, man. I, I'm on board of this. Yeah, You're a good friend. <laughs> All right. So what are some of the smaller stories we're looking at? So it looks like this is funny. Or it's not funny, but it's it's an interesting kind of back and forth. <laughs> I like the backtrack. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to. You'll see in a second. I, I know that recently we talked about this. The DMV, the California DMV, has told Tesla that you cannot say that you have a fully automated driving system. Mm-hmm. change the language or will revoke your ability to sell in the state. So now Tesla is sending cease and desist letters to its own critics. And there's a man, his name is Dan O'Dowd, who runs uh, some sort of accountability page for Silicon Valley. Sure. Who's been tweeting that the FSD, the full self-driving service of Tesla, will indiscriminately mow down children. And if you watch <laughs> the tweet where it comes from, he has a whole video where just Tesla's one after the other are just hitting these like child dolls stop showing that they'll just like they don't recognize children and then they'll run them over and tesla's like you can't <laughs> this is horrible yeah and t- tesla's saying we don't want you to do we don't want you to like unearth this we don't want you to like advertise this so this is that's wild i'm yeah. gonna check out the tweet after this again we're not endorsing the tweet we have no idea of the accuracy of the tweet or the accuracy of the allegations the tweet is making but all we're saying is that the back and forth here between Tesla and its critics and the DMV is a very interesting mess. So, what a tweet. Yeah. Anyway, so let's end on a new report, a new study that just came out talking about how female law deans and faculty, first of all, are more numerous than they've ever been before. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the roles that they're in are considered of a lower status than their male counterparts. Really, And they're calling this something of a pink ghetto is the term that they're, they're using for this. Uh, and they're saying that currently there are 44% of law school deans are women, but they're still seen as a lower status than that's, the law school deans of, say, Harvard or Stanford or whatever. That's great. And that, I'm not saying it's crazy what they're saying. I'm saying if that's how they're viewed, that's absolutely absurd. It is. At Florida State University College of Law, my dean was is a fantastic attorney, fantastic dean, Dean O'Connor. She's great. I had an assistant dean, Dean Benavides. This is a shout out to Dean Benavides, who is one of my favorite people of all time. 
there is not a person that can hold a candle to those folks. So if anyone thinks they're in a lower position and any of the deans, keep that in mind at Florida State or any of these other universities, get out, man. These deans are killing it. It's ridiculous. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, let's hope uh, shining some light on this uh, pink ghetto mm-hmm. situation, as they're calling it, uh, might, might turn the corner here for, for some of this. Because that's you're absolutely right. That, that should not be a situation. Absurd. It should not be a situation. Listen, I, I'll tell you what, I, this is this is a little bit anecdotal, right? Fair. But my wife is also an attorney. And I'd like to I mean, I think anyone that knows her knows me knows that she's a far superior attorney to me I mean, in every way, shape or form. So I know that's anecdotal, but Aww. I know she can. <laughs> so if anyone was to view her as a as as a low, a lower status of anything is is a miscalculation, which will result in in a failure on their part. So there you go. There you go. Shout out to Karina. Shout out to Karina <laughs> and to, to the deans and faculty that you mentioned. We uh, we support them all here. Love to see that. Well, on that note, thank you as always, Matt, for, for talking me through these and for, for joining me week after week. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Yeah, and talk soon. Thanks, everyone. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out also on LinkedIn and Twitter to keep up to speed with what we're doing. Catch you on the next one.